0: I'm so glad to welcome you here to The Clark Howard Show, our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. One decision that can help your wallet? Sign up for our free newsletters, clark.com newsletters. Another thing, okay, so it's going to feel New Year's resolution-y. But if you feel like your money's out of control and you want a budget, well, create one. And I'm going to go back to basics today, and I'm going to talk about our review of budgeting apps. And also, the golden age of streaming content is over. So what's it going to mean to your wallet and the choice available to you? And what are the smart decisions you can make? We're going to talk about that straight ahead. So a lot of people resolve at the beginning of every year that they're going to start budgeting their money. And budgeting is something I find historically, the people who use a budget tool or budget app or budget program are people who are getting affirmation that they're already doing a great job. It's harder to get you interested in budgeting apps if money is has been a sore spot for you and how you handle your money has been a problem maybe at some point currently or in the past that having it hit you in the face with a budgeting tool may be something that's a bridge too far but regardless of what motivates you to go to a budgeting tool I want to tell you we've reviewed both the free ones and the paid ones and I know people get mad at me every year when we review them Year after year, the best free tool we found has been Mint, M-I-N-T. Mint is really good for tracking expenses. It works on your iPhone, works on your Android, and it does the job. And the price is perfect. And what it really does such a good job of, it makes you face where your money's going out the door. What's it going to? The tools are designed to track automatically. So you can pull up pretty quickly and see, oh man, I spent that much eating out? I mean, it's a really, really good tool to use when you feel like your wallet's not under control. Personal capital is one I've talked about very infrequently because it's for investors, but also free. And by the way, if you go to our review of budgeting apps and tools, you'll see you can click on it. It'll take you to where you can download it for an Android or an iPhone. And then for people who really, really, really need to get control, my favorite is still a paid one. That's right. I'm talking about a paid app. But it's You Need a Budget. YNAB. You Need a Budget is 100 bucks a year. So you got to be all in on wanting to get your finances under control. But I do really love how You Need a Budget gets you focused in a way that I think has more teeth to it, more meat to it, if you will, than what you get with the Mint app. I think the Mint app is really good if you just want to have a continuous picture of what's going on in your life. Where you need a budget is much more like, it's a little bit like being hit over the head with the two by four to get you to focus on getting your spending under control. And I really like, and we have reviews of others you might like. There's one of them that's specifically designed for couples. If you've got things going on as a couple about maybe different attitudes are not the best communication about money, you'll see that one as well. It's available right on Clark.com where you can read the reviews of each of these. But there may be one that someone else has recommended to you that you give a try and it really works for you. Use it. The idea is that if you don't feel like you have that power right now, knowledge is power with money. And the more you know about what's going on with the finances in your life, the better off you're going to be in getting control of your wallet. That's why this is a tool. That is so effective for people if you'll actually use it. And grace is here for Krista for another day as Krista recovers from a minor cold, by Krista's telling.
1: Hello, everybody. I talked
0: to Krista a little while ago, and she said, "I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I mean, I don't even feel like I'm sick." So
1: that woman is. We'll see her soon. Yes. Okay. This question is from Clark in Georgia. I work I'm for, writing my own questions. Yes. Uh, I work for a nonprofit. that rescues kids from sex slavery. I love it. What a
0: wonderful, wonderful Very. thing to do as a profession. And do you remember, I'm sorry I interrupted before you even got into the question, but the other Clark, I told a story years ago about being in a major airport and having a sense that a young woman was being sex trafficked. Oh my God. And we didn't know what to do because it was just a supposition we didn't know. And this is a real present problem across not just America and other countries as well. So this is wonderful work that another clerk. is doing. Clark.
1: And he does the states that I love my job and the difference it makes in the lives of the trafficked kids. My wife homeschools our two kids and we have no debt of any kind. I'm trying to figure wow. out a way to save a bit extra, but because I only make $55,000 a year, I don't have much at the end of the month to save. Is there a smart way to purchase a rental property in the current environment with my limited income? What are ways that frugal savers in the lower middle class like myself can grow our worth?
0: Okay, again, thank you for the work you're doing. As far as a rental home, this is not a time for you to look at that. But there is something you should know about that's a little known federal tax credit available to people who earn up to certain income levels. And it's called the saver's credit. And the saver's credit is something where you can put money into your own Roth IRA, and based on income, just a gross income, the federal government will give you a credit towards the money you have put into your Roth IRA or other retirement plan. The saver's credit is phasing out in three years' time, four years' time, and it's going to be replaced by a better credit for people who work in jobs that don't pay as much that will be known as the savers match is going to be much easier to understand. But if you Google the savers credit, the way it works is you have to have an income married couple income has to be seventy-three thousand or less. And so you would qualify for the savers credit. And it has different levels where as much as half uh, of what you contribute, the the government will match. And so it just depends. So if you Google savers, savers credit, you will find briefings on it that will walk you through. And doing a Roth IRA is my favorite place for you to put money. You go to one of the low-cost companies like Fidelity or Schwab, and you're able to do the savers credit starting at $1 deposited in a Roth IRA. So check it out. And that would be my best suggestion for you.
1: Okay. This is from David in Texas. My wife and I wanted to ask a general, what percentage should we aim to save for in 2023? We sat down and discussed our goals for the year, financial and non-financial and came up with a short, no answer to, we want to save X amount in cash. We're saying cash as we're thinking with the economic slowdown, it might be good to be liquid. We currently have an emergency fund of 15K. Background, we both work full time. We're 26 and 27. She contributes 15. To her forty-one k, and I contribute ten. We max our Roths each year. I have some student wow. loan debt. Wow! <laughs> yes. Wow. Twelve thousand dollars currently. Waiting to see what happens in February. And our mortgage is right about three thousand a month. We also have childcare, which comes in at around four thousand dollars a year. We forty thousand. I'm sorry, forty thousand dollars a year. Uh, yeah, we not, live. You're off not getting childcare for four thousand dollars. Oh man, I United wish. States. We live off of my salary with hers only going to child care what do you think we should aim to save okay so david the
0: goal you would have and and the motivation is the possibility of a recession or economic slowdown i'm not that worried about a major economic slowdown odds favor if we do have a recession this year it'll be what's known as a shallow recession not an ugly one but If it motivates you, you and your wife don't need motivation. You're unbelievable savers already. This is incredible. So if you do want to save more money, it would be to boost what's in your emergency fund. That You get that ultimately to where you have, in your case, because you're such a motivated saver, you get to where you have six months pay in your rainy day account, your emergency fund. But y'all are doing Great. And if the courts do invalidate student loan forgiveness, then some of that money you beefed up in the emergency fund, take it and blow out your student loans and just wipe out the money remaining in your student loan debt. But y'all are in great, 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 unbelievable financial shape and show incredible financial discipline.
1: Uh, We have a question from Jay in Pennsylvania. Clark, we were burned from buying a product at a trade show. We purchased (laughs) a smart mop, which broke after only using five times. Efforts to contact the business went nowhere, and they ignore our emails and have no phone number to call. Please warn your listeners, as I have learned the hard way to check and make sure the business has been around for a long time and also has a phone number where someone actually picks up the phone. I strongly believe that this company is hiding behind selling an inferior product.
0: So Jay um, (laughs) made a lot of fun of myself for things I bought twice at trade shows both that turned out to be junk. The demos look so great. And I'm sure the demo of this mop seemed like unbelievable. And uh, in both cases, basically, I just lost the money because there was no service after the sale. Same experience you had. And so that led to something I did on TV where we did something, different wrinkle. We bought Uh, is seen on TV products that were miraculous and you'd see those commercials and they'd show that these products were like the greatest thing ever. And we bought all these different products and not a single one (laughs) worked anything like it did in the TVO infomercial. And one of them, I almost cut myself really badly on because it broke in my hand. And so what I learned from being burned twice at shows myself, and what I was able to show viewers in buying things that were demonstrated that were by UFO sellers that showed they were phenomenal, is that uh, you have no idea. buy buyer beware. And if you do buy something at a fair or a trade show or a festival, buy something that's low-cost that if it turns out to be an ah-well, it is an ah-well. But don't get caught up in the hype and buy something that's being pitched as the next great miracle device that costs money that you'd hate to lose because let me tell you, when it doesn't work like they say, that money's gone. And so I'm really sorry that you lost the money. Uh, You were smart enough to learn after one purchase at a show. It took me two to learn. So, you know, the one, the first, shame on them. The second, shame on me. You're only a shame on them. I made it to full shame on me. And I, I don't mean to make light of the money you lost on the mop that doesn't work. But I, I think that you have helped so many people right now just by raising the problem that you had. Uh, straight ahead, Speaking of an industry that's having problems, the streaming industry is going through real tumult. And I want to tell you how it's going to affect your wallet and what you can do about it moving forward. We're going to talk about that next. I've talked about how the streaming services have finally realized oops, we're not going to make money by losing more. And so we are in a year. Of transition for streaming services, there's going to be a shakeout period because there was this idea, as I shared with you, that you had to be out there, play it big, or go home. Well, now they played big, and they're also going to go home because the streaming services, a lot of them have lost billions and billions and billions of dollars. You and I have benefited, well, I don't watch TV, but people who watch TV Only watch football, but people who watch TV have benefited from more original TV series than in the history of video content. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of originally produced streaming shows per season. And the audiences have generally gotten smaller and smaller because there's no way anybody can watch all the stuff that's out there. So it was a financial train wreck for the streaming services and just an absolute unbelievable opportunity for us as consumers or we as consumers of that content. Now they're like, oh, well, this isn't working. And so you're going to see constant change. You're going to see new alliances, mergers, but you're also going to see a significant reduction in the amount of production because We only have so many dollars in our wallets, and you can't just push through price increase after price increase, or people fade away. So now we're at a time, you're going to have to be on your toes, and you're going to have to watch what happens with the pricing. Pay attention to your bills. See what happens with the streaming services. Consider, do you dump that streaming service? Do you cut back to a lower tier? Do you contact them to disconnect and they say, oh, how about this special? You're going to have to play all those games. And also be aware of all the free content because the fastest growing area of streaming is free content. On the other hand, you look at the replacements for traditional broadcast kind of stuff, which is YouTube TV and Sling and Fubo and Philo. Philo, I think is how you say it. we got a number of these available, and we have this tool we developed at Clark.com that is our original tool where you put in the channels that matter to you most, starting from the first that matters the most, and work down from there to see what streaming service and what it'll cost you per month to get the best deal. But the other thing is, what if you paid nothing for traditional broadcast? And I've talked for years about you using an antenna to be able to pick up, if you live in a mid-size or large metro area, you can pick up an amazing number of channels with a low-cost antenna to a pretty expensive antenna that you put in your attic or in the most extreme case on the roof of your home to pull in signals. And... I mentioned something that obviously confused people. That I'm going to explain again. There is a new available standard for what's called over-the-air broadcast, and I guess I did a really bad job explaining because if you have an antenna already and a TV already that's pulling in lots of free content, where you're getting the local affiliate of the networks, getting ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Uh, PBS, whatever. And then you also get dozens of other channels you didn't even know were out there. And you're getting them all free and you're getting full bore high def. Well, the new standard is built into so many TVs you buy now. If you go look at Best Buy or you look at the warehouse clubs or wherever you go to buy electronics, a, a local or regional electronics store, There will be a lot of TVs that talk about the next generation over-the-air broadcast. And then, in major markets, there are channels already broadcasting content in 4K. You buy that 4K TV, you never get to see 4K. Well, if it's got the new generation of over-the-air built into it, you're going to get your best picture, believe it or not, with an antenna and content you get for free, Versus, we have to watch ads, versus having one of the broadcast substitute streaming services like YouTube or any of their competition. So you also, if you really want to do this, and there's some content you want that's available in 4K or whatever from a local broadcaster, you can buy an adapter, a tuner that you plug into your TV. That's more work than I want to do. But if you're really into saving money, and you're buying a new TV, it's a good choice to look for one, and all the ones coming out this spring will have the new tuners in them, and you'll be able to watch over-the-air broadcasts for free. And remember, even HD looks better over-the-air than it does over streaming of any kind, because you're getting a full, robust signal, and in any case, better than if you're still with the cable monster for video content, or you a satellite, you're still going to have a much better picture on your TV, one that looks more like what you saw in the electronics stores, if you get that over the air for free, rather than paying somebody to bring it to
1: you. And Grace, what's up? All right. We have a question from Cheryl in Michigan. Our 40th wedding anniversary is December 2023. We're interested in a trip to South Africa to celebrate. What airline and timeline would you recommend? We're flexible on the timing. Also, do you know any must-sees?
0: South Africa is unreal. South Africa is a beautiful and incredibly tortured country with a very rough and racist past and now a rough political culture in South Africa, but the country is spectacular, just amazing. There are many recommended itineraries. Obviously, when people go to South Africa or go elsewhere in Southern Africa, they tend to go on what used to be called safari, now called going on reserve. We did that. When we went to South Africa... We concentrated along the southern area of the country, and we went to reserve in the southern part of the country near Port Elizabeth. We did the garden route, which is a long drive across the southern tip of South Africa along the coast, and we went to Cape Town and Camps Bay, which is one of the most beautiful scenic areas you'll ever see in the world. But that's just what I did. There's so much there. If you go to the Johannesburg area, crime is more a concern. A lot of people go to Kruger on reserve. We did not go to Kruger. There's not specifically any one thing I can recommend, but I can recommend to you, go deep in our winter, their summer. And particularly, there are certain time periods in January, February, that the cost of doing things is cheaper than in other times of winter. So you can, you can see as you look at particular reserves that you're looking at going to, that price differences at different points in the winter. Still may be a little chilly, though. You need to be prepared for that. As for airfare, there's more airfare competition to South Africa right now than there's been in years. I'd like you to subscribe to scottscheapflights.com. Every time there's a deal to South Africa... They send you an email with that deal and know the flights are really, really long. You live in Michigan. You may find that with flights to South Africa, you're going to get your best fare buying a fare to South Africa out of New York, Washington, or Atlanta and buying a separate ticket from Michigan to one of those three to fly to South Africa. But Scotch Cheap Flights will give you the hookup on the best airfare deal as it happens.
1: Oh, and this is from Michael in Illinois. I have a 2.25 home mortgage rate. I have been paying quite a bit extra principal to try to pay off the mortgage sooner. Is this wise? Would that extra money be better off invested in the market? So Michael,
0: to tell somebody not to end up mortgage debt free is a terrible thing for me to say, but in your case, your mortgage interest rate is so low that pay the mortgage is agreed, because you can earn, even in a simple savings account, you can out-earn 2.25%. Generally, the point at which it's not as good an idea to prepay a mortgage is when the rate is below 4% in today's marketplace. The stock market has been depressed. It may go down more. Who can predict in the short term? But long-term, values are at a much more reasonable place And I would rather see you putting money into uh, my favorite Roth IRA. Why did I never name a child Roth IRA, Howard? Anyway, (laughs) I would rather see you take the money you're prepaying on that mortgage, open a Roth IRA, put it in a target retirement fund for the year closest to when you're going to retire, look at the low-cost companies, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, to do that at, and put the money to work for your long-term future tax-free rather than prepaying on the mortgage. And congratulations to you having a 2.25%.
1: And this from Leslie, North Carolina. I want to thank Clark for his story on no surprise legislation that went into effect January 1st, 2022, and hopefully helped someone else in the process. I had knee surgery at an in-network surgery center in October. Post-surgery, I found that my insurer tried to bill my nurse this. Yeah. As, we each try that five times? Nurse and this, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll okay. leave it to you. Of, yeah. As they were billing her nurse out of network, almost $1,000. I filed an appeal with my insurer and- It stated the legislation in my appeal. Less than a week later, they approved my appeal with no question asked, and I only owed in-network payment of $90. Thanks for saving me $900, Clark.
0: Well, I didn't save you the $900. You just heard it from me. (laughs) And Leslie, I'm so excited for you. So the no surprises legislation doesn't cover everything, but the idea is if you've done your homework, you found out the surgeons in-network, the facilities in-network, No longer can a provider hit you with a UFO person who's not in network that you have no choice over. You don't get to decide who the anesthesiologist is or these other people who come out of nowhere and are in the surgery room with you. And so what the law says is that they can't bill you out of network when you've done your homework up front. Now, there's some caveats with it and all the rest, but in your case, it was a perfect example where the no surprises is how it plays, but the insurers will try to cheat you, either because they're incompetent or because they're just dishonest. So you're the one who has to be your own advocate when they bill you out of network, when you have taken the right necessary steps under the no surprises law. So good for you that you stood up for yourself and you saved $900 that you then naturally put into a Roth IRS. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope the surgery was successful for you as well. Have a great one. And we got more great content coming for you in our next
1: podcast.